Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooke Sellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Jillian Vorse, and we'll explore how to downsize your agency with grace and how downsizing the right way actually sets you up for growth. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's guest, Jillian. To help explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my friend and amazing agency owner, Jillian Vorse. Jillian has been a business owner since 2003 and founded her group, The Jillian Group, about two decades ago. She and her team provide ideas for lead generation, strategic relationships, developmental services, and management consulting. And then some of her biggest wins, which I know she's really proud of, are her book, 2020 Mindsight, and The TEDx talk of hers called The Lens of Connectivity. Jillian, welcome to the show. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to talk with you today. I'm so excited to talk with you. So backstory, Jillian and I are friends because we used to belong to a mastermind group together and got to know each other and talked about a lot of what we're going to be talking about on this show, which is agency issues and challenges that we all face. And it's going to be a safe space, just like the mastermind, to kind of share some of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So my first question for you, Jillian, is what made you start your business? Like, what was the impetus? What was the catalyst for saying, you know what? I need to do this. 
So my agency started when I started getting clients. So I did not start with any of the conventional things like a business plan or anything, website, none of those things. I just simply started getting referrals one after the other and then in rapid succession. And so I discovered, oh, wow, I have an agency. And it all happened really fast from when I first started my first client engagement. Within that year, I onboarded 30 people onto my team and it grew very fast. So lo and behold, I suddenly had an agency. I don't even think I knew that. So within the first year, you added 30 people to your team, which is the size of about my team now. And I'm 11 years in. So can we just take a moment to talk about that? Because that's crazy. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, honestly, because the 10 years prior, so this, the, the client side as like an agency side, I would say is more around 10 years old. The 10 years prior to that, I was doing client work, but I really was building relationships and building programs and all kinds of philanthropic work and chairing boards, all kinds of things. And then around 2013, I guess the universe decided it was time. So I started getting calls from relationships, you know, people that I had built relationships with that was like, hey, Jillian, I've had my company for a long time. Uh, I realize I have to get you know, with the program here and this crazy thing called the internet, but I don't know where to start. I trust you. Can I hire you to help me figure out what I need to do? And then I got another one because then they started to tell each other. And so next thing you know, I mean, I learned quickly how to, I built pretty much right out of the gate on a retainer model and then began to build client teams. So I would kind of suss out what was going on, kind of needs analysis, discovery, figure out what it was that they needed, and then find those people or resources and build them out and then deliver those services. So yeah, it grew very fast. Yeah, the end of my first year. I mean, when my payroll hit 20000 a month, I, I almost died because it was not like deliberate. It was like, whoa. And then a little bit of like panic attack, like, is this sustainable? Because all the things you know, that you're supposed to have, I did not have in place, but I just kept getting referrals because I had clients on retainer. And the reason for that is I would say, you know, business happens in real time. There are opportunities that they're expecting are going to happen that are not, and there are going to be new opportunities that emerge. So by working at a retainer model would allow us to be nimble in our relationship with clients. And so that seemed to click. Because, you know, so I told you in 2013 is when we really had our first client engagement. And then I did not onboard a new client until Q1 of this year, right? Since 2016. So wow, I've had the same clients under retainer for all those years. Well, let's talk about that too, because, you know, the whole point of today's show is to talk about downsizing gracefully. So it sounds like you were on a rocket ship in the beginning, which happens. And A lot of us consider ourselves really lucky when that happens, right? I had more of like a slow and steady growth and I wanted to be like you on that rocket ship. But now fast forward to today and you did have to downsize. So explain to myself and obviously anybody who's listening or watching, what was the tipping point for realizing like I need to downsize? What was that decision making like and how did you go about doing it gracefully? So I would say the first thing in kind of approaching downsizing and thinking of having to, for me, it was really choosing to. So I think that's kind of an important delineation because yeah, for some people there's a need to and other people you can simply choose to. 
But more than that, I think let's first look at, you know, why, what is going on in the business that makes, you know, that brings downsizing to be, you know, as an option, right? So are there time management issues? Is there some sort of health or sickness? Can this, the issue be solved by another channel? Is it maybe bringing on a business partner or, or hiring a business coach? So I think first kind of just pointing those things out, I think are useful. For me, downsizing was a choice for a few reasons. Number one, I looked at it as a way to recalibrate, right? To kind of better align my personal values with my business objectives, right? Because prior, my business growth was like through a fire hose, like, and it was just going so fast. I was building the bicycle as I was riding it kind of thing. I don't (laughs) necessarily recommend that. It was like wild and crazy, but, you know, not as organized as I like to be. So yeah, I chose to to downsize so that I could recalibrate. Um, Also, because I wanted to move my business from being reactive to proactive, and then to just be more deliberate about all the things uh, from how I structure my team to the services, our offerings, our processes, et cetera. And just kind of unilaterally to just be better in all facets of business, as opposed to just doing the same thing and only focusing on the bottom line. So I, I really chose to downsize so I could get a handle on all of those things. As far as advice, I think just a couple quick ones for, you know, first to determine is downsizing the solution. If it is, quick things. First is to communicate. So I, um, I tend to communicate as often as, as I can and be coupled with that is being transparent. You know, there's a tendency when we think of transparency is to think about, you know, being as transparent as necessary. But I challenge that instead thinking about being as, you know, as transparent as possible, really. And so those, you know, that communication, that transparent communication is relevant for, you know, conversations with my team as well as with my clients. I love that. Um, And then the other piece of that in terms of advice, yeah, is to be creative. You know, downsizing doesn't have to look a certain way. It can look whatever way you want it to be. So just being creative with that, it's not necessarily black or white. So yeah, that's a little bit how I thought about it, what my approach was. I love that you say start with the why, right? Because if you're not forced into it, and even if you are forced into it, I think starting with the why is really important. I want to kind of dig into what you said about going from reactive to proactive. And that's part of why you decided to downsize. So what factors did you consider when looking at going from reactive to proactive on the team side or on the client side or both? On the client side is easy, right? And so for many years, like I said, I got so 100% of every piece of business we have ever done has come through relationships and referrals, right? That was really great because I never had to market. I never even had to explain what I did. Other people did that for me. So it was kind of a luxury, but it came with a little bit of a cost, right? Because it created this reactive nature of my business. Now I am choosing to instead be in more of a proactive kind of, we'll call it business development uh, mindset, which is to look at the industries or the companies or the sectors that I'm most attracted to. Who do I want to do business with? So certainly referrals hopefully will continue to come in, but I, I will not like limit myself to only servicing referrals. If the referrals are a good fit, great, but really being more proactive. In terms of the team, 
So at the time, you know, adding people to my team was very like kind of, yeah, fire drill situation. Like, wow, we're growing so fast. I need three more graphic designers. And, you know, it's like very fast. But now I'm very deliberate about kind of the roster and skill set building out of what the vision for my new team will be. So I'm not there yet. I'm still actively building this. So that's a couple ways I think about being, you know, yeah, reactive to proactive. And when we were in the group together last time, our mastermind group, you were like me, you were working with 1099s and contractors. Will that be the new setup or do you think you'll do like a hybrid or an employee model? One of the things that I am doing, I've been actively doing is exploring new structures for my team, right? And so certainly there is like the conventional way of thinking about it is having employees or having 1099s. So I'm exploring those. I don't know that I will go the employee route. I'm also, I think, in addition to that, looking at ways. So for example, with my team, you know, so expanding further upon that. So looking at other other business models, even things like ecosystems and opportunities for co-creation or collaboration, et cetera. So the, the deliverable of services, what the services are, those I'm, I'm really exploring beyond the, the confinement of what is typical um, or the, you know, the conventional constraints. So it looks like a lot of different things. Um, I have a, a collaboration underway now with a competitor. Sorry, not a partner. Well, I guess a partner. <laughs> so I have a project kicking off next month with a competitor. So not that they're neither. They're not an employee, nor are they a contractor. They're a competitor but we're creating kind of value together. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm really exploring the opportunities for that. And even the idea of my team, like one of the things that I love is creating the space for my team to try new things and to not only have to perform their one skill, just because they swing a hammer really well, doesn't mean they don't want to learn how to paint. So I try to create opportunities for people to explore and to develop their skill sets or to kind of, scratch the itch that they have, something that they want to learn. So yeah, the way I am approaching my business structure, services, um, my team, all of those things are, they're fluid and probably not conventional per se. Well, so let's fast forward to now then, because you're scaling again, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're done with downsizing. You sound like you did it gracefully. And now you're kind of revamping things to, to scale. So how or did downsizing help you with growth? So a couple of things about that. So the first thing, I feel like the first benefit of downsizing for me was it created space, created space for me to, to think, to reflect, to upskill. So for example, over the past few years, I've taken courses. I did the Six Sigma. I've just completed a course at MIT for sustainability and industry. And right now I'm working with the B Corp framework. So those all, all of those things, these new developments, these new skills, new frameworks and lenses and such are all a direct result of making that decision to downsize and just to create that space has also, I would say, allowed me to be more nimble, which I think is kind of huge, um, especially now. Yeah. And then the growth piece and the skill piece is, is funny because again, so it's like probably me being redundant here, but, you know, surprise, surprise. I think of scaling and growth very differently now than I used to. 
now I I'm interested in scaling not just my team and not just my client and project roster, but also the impact of our work. I love that. Really applying kind of multiple lenses to it and not just looking at, oh, we grew, we added three new people this quarter or or, you know, I don't know, that was never fulfilling enough for me to just look at, it's like, at what point? So it's like, wow, I had 10 people and then, oh, I had 20. And in all that time, like just quick sidebar, it's like so much about perspective and how we view ourselves and why just a plug for masterminds, right? I wish I had been in a mastermind with you guys actually in those first couple of years, because even though I was growing like that at the time, I didn't think it was good because I didn't eclipse a seven-figure business in my first three years. So I thought, mm, my business is not good. I had this arbitrary goal that did not kind of acknowledge the success that was created and the fact like, wow, there were a lot of people on my team and we were having fun and we were growing and all of these things. So I now am choosing to yeah, to expand the the scope of what impact and growth really means. I love that. And I love that you said you didn't celebrate your wins enough because funnily enough, that's one of my goals this year. As a business owner, 11 years in, I'm finally saying to myself, you don't celebrate the wins enough. So every morning I wake up and I try to lead the day with like positive thoughts. And every day before I go to bed, I think about the positive things that happened. And this can be personally or professionally, but I found that doing this professionally really helps me just come with a better mindset, a more open mindset, a more positive mindset about things because we do. Sometimes we're working so fast and furious that we forget that we did something great today and yesterday and the day before. So how do you celebrate your wins? Quick pop quiz. Yes. I'm not sure that's one of the categories I can you know, dish out too much advice on. So I feel like the first step to celebration is acknowledging. So I'm getting better at acknowledging the things. Some of my team now is helping me to identify those things that I didn't necessarily notice. I love that. I'm not quite at the celebration stage. I, I aspire to be where you are one of these days. Ah, oh, no worries. So we've talked about processes a lot, obviously, because a lot of that changed. It was fast and furious in the beginning, then you downsized. Now you're looking at scaling and growth again. So what processes from before you downsized and now you're scaling again changed. How are you focusing on building out processes in a different way or is it the same way? Like who was in a little bit on, on what, how you're doing that and what that looks like? So on the team side, some of what we talked about earlier influences this question here, right? So the, the proactive nature. Um, so on the team side, I am fleshing out this kind of roster this wish list of skills and people roles that I think would work well in terms of how they'll be structured and all of that, there's a lot of fluidity to it. So I'm just beginning to add some pieces now. So this is all very fluid. The processes. So yeah, that's a little bit about the team side. Like I had mentioned, I don't, you know, just as an example, like what role do I play in my team versus my team themselves? And like, do I you know, if I have people on my team, are they also working on other projects? Might I work with them on their project? Like, are we equals? Or am I like the boss lady? And what does that mean? And, you know, a lot of these things. So there's kind of a lot of unpacking in that avenue. The process, yeah, client, client onboarding, client prospecting is a big difference. Because now, I mean, before, as I told you, it was all referral based. So now, 
we are beginning to work. There's a process we have been building, identifying your community and then looking for building out your ecosystem and then looking through that lens to identify potential opportunities for partnership, et cetera. And so I'm working through that now, being very deliberate about who I would like to work with. Again, um, not just industry, but brands and personality, the, the level of kind of innovation that a company portrays. So the, the client acquisition side. And then overall, another kind of thread that runs through this whole downsizing bit and up to process is I've been really working to streamline things more and more and more. So getting rid of a lot of the bloat. So probably most agencies owners have this, this bloat, this, <laughs> this um, bloat I refer to as like all these random tools and subscriptions and things that are like collecting dust that we are not using. They're just, yeah, just collecting space. They've got cobwebs on them. So I cut off, you know, cut out a lot of the fat, so to speak, on my business and I'm looking to be far more lean and make sure the tools we're using, we're using, or the tools we're paying for, we're actually using. So yeah, so going through that process to to make sure we're very efficient. Well, just what you said about bloat, that's such a golden nugget. So write that down, everyone. We do a tool audit once a year at the end of the year. And we do exactly what you said. You know, we look at the tools, we make sure that we're using them. If we're not using them, we cut them out because you'd be surprised. You know, you buy something for like $5.99 a month and that doesn't seem like a ton of money. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're spending $5,000 every month on tools. Right. And half of them you aren't using. Yeah, it can be. It's like the financial cost, but it's also the mental space. I don't know if other people also have like these, like too many ideas or too many things on the to-do list that it's just like, you know what, let's just peel off the Band-Aid, just shut that down and like, you know, put it on your calendar to revisit in Q3 of 2026. How about that? Or something, right? So yeah. it's the mental space as, as well as the, the financial, you know, expenditure. You know, so cutting out the bloat, right? Address the bloat. I love that. I love that. So kind of coming to wrap everything up and then I've, you know, I'll have a few more questions for you, but like, what would be your biggest piece of advice? Like if, if I were, you know, we're friends, we're, we're in the mastermind. Let's say I ask you like, Hey, I need to downsize. What advice do you have for me for the team side and the client side? What advice would you give me? Yeah. So I think straight away is to just know that like, so downsizing is not really, it's like starting over is not starting from scratch. Right. So when you downsize, it's like there's a presumption that you'll be then starting again, or you'll be not have as much. It'll be so much smaller, and it's like scary and all of these things. But by doing that, it creates all of this space. And when you get to that point, and then you're starting again, you're not starting from scratch. You're building upon all the experiences that you have acquired over time. So for me, that maybe sounds like so obvious or very you know trite, but it was actually quite useful for me mentally to think about that, to kind of internalize my reasoning for downsizing as kind of the antidote to the fear that I experienced at first and thinking about, oh my gosh, if I downsize, am I ever going to be able to build a business again deliberately? Because before it just like started raining. I'm like, oh, look at this. I'm getting wet. You know? <laughs> so I was afraid like, like, can I do this? I was really af- afraid of that. So then realizing that, oh, I'm not starting from scratch. 
I'll be starting again from where I'm at at that point. And I have a lot in my tool bag. I have a lot more experiences moving forward than I did my previous start, right? Um, so I think the, the mindset of that, you know, that, and then, yeah, I guess, I guess it's mindset with a side of mindset, right? So having, <laughs> I love it, right? Yeah. So the mindset of abundance and think about, okay, so right now I'm scaling and it's like, I think of it about like, we're testing, like, okay, we're going to scale it back again. It's just like, we're going to recalibrate, look at what pieces do we like? We're going to build upon those, the pieces that didn't serve us or didn't serve our intended audience in the way we want to, or et cetera. We remove those pieces, we reiterate, and then we move forward again. You know, you can pivot. And I actually think it's quite healthy to go through this process because it allows us to kind of regenerate our motivation, our, you know, we bring fresh eyes and ears um, to a new audience or a new industry, a new sector, whatever it is. So I think there's a lot of upside to going through that process of downsizing. Yeah. So I feel like, girl, this is what I would say to you, girl, you got it. It's okay. I'm here. Whatever I can do to help you. What do you need? Come on, get up. You can do it. I would give you one of those. Yeah. I think it's so much about mindset, really. And to have a way to, yeah, have your antidote to fear. Because if you're, I don't know if it's just me, but I have, you know, that's a constant visitor. So I have to have something to feed it when it comes. No, I love that advice. And thank you for sharing that and sharing your fear with us, because I think, that's so true. You know, I mean, there's been a couple of times with B squared where we had to start thinking about a contingency plan, you know, and start thinking about, you know, downsizing, whether it be the team or the clients. And, you know, luckily we didn't have to do that. But now talking to you, you know, I didn't have the right mindset. I feel like I should have gone into that with more of a positive open mind thinking like this is a pivot. This is more of an iteration. You know, this is you know, taking a pause, as you said, to kind of grow in a different, maybe more strategic way. So I think that that's timeless advice. And I know everybody listening, or I think everybody listening will totally align with that because I know for me, it definitely rings true. And so are you open to sharing with us like where you're going with your new revamped Jillian group? Sure, sure. Yeah, what a what a ride. I would never in a million years would have anticipated where I'm at now and how I think about business and such. You know, so I think the last kind of signpost I'll just put in the ground and then kind of round the corner with it. So I had been thinking about this downsizing ordeal for a while and trying to, you know, as I mentioned earlier about just feeling like I could continue to do what I'm doing, but it you know, measuring just by the bottom line, the total revenue and all of these things, no, it just didn't feel quite right for me. Like, you know, so I knew that I needed to make some changes. I just wasn't quite sure. And so as I started taking incremental steps forward, I started being like, okay, we're getting there and started to have a vision for the future. But then the biggest thing I did, like the, the Band-Aid ordeal, like, like the big action that I took was to tell a client that had been with me for six years that my my strategic plan for them for their the, the new year was to reallocate the budget they had aside for me and my team and to instead hire a business manager. They had maxed out their capacity and it was no longer prudent for them to pay me a dime because it was not going to go anywhere that they frankly had a hole in their bucket and that they can't outsource leadership, management, and accountability. And so they were like shocked by that. And I was a little shocked too. But I felt like it was like the integrity piece. And I felt like even though 
I'm like handing over a big chunk of money and that helps to pay my team and everything else. I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And so I helped them with that process. And yeah, so they've now hired a business manager and they're, you know, moving onward. So that ended up being like, I got so much more out of that than I anticipated. So it wasn't, yeah, so it was a financial loss per se. But as a result of that, like I said, it created this vacuum for me to do so much more. And that was necessary, I now can see, to make this like the final few clicks of this this pivot, right? And so now what we're doing is focusing on, you know, innovative companies, small and medium-sized companies, and, you know, executives, professionals who simply want to do better, do better in all facets of their business from their workforce, their community, their environmental impact, the way, you know, their customer base, all of the things. So we're using frameworks from the B Corp as well as the sustainability ESG frameworks, et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's helping companies to be more sustainable and also discovering blind spots that they often have by operating in a business as usual kind of way. That's where we're at. And um pretty excited. There are a lot of really amazing companies out there, a lot of companies who have been successful, but are beginning to realize they want to do better and do more and have more impact on their community, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. Now, I just want to say thank you for all of the advice that you shared. And if we're kind of pulling back the curtain, right? Like this is a sticky subject, maybe an uncomfortable subject. You know, there are probably a lot of people right now, at least in some of the talks that I've been having that are facing uncertainty. So I think this talk would help them very much. So thank you for sharing. Where can people find out more about you? Do you have a like, where are you hanging out on social? Do you want to send people to a website? What do you, what do you think? Yeah. So I'm happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn. if You choose. And I'm happen to be the only one in the world with my name. So I should be easy to find. And then beyond that, if there are any business owners out there that are at that point and thinking, yeah, I'm interested in exploring what doing better looks like for my, my business for this next phase of my company growth, then, you know, I have some tools and resources available, thejilliangroup.com slash better. So I'd be happy to share those with folks that uh, when and if they're ready. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us today. I think, again, you just gave amazing tips for an uncomfortable subject, but something that definitely needs to be talked about, which we'll be doing on this show. So thanks for being open and honest. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate the, the chat, Brooke. Thanks for inviting me. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you like watching your podcast, follow Social Media Examiner's YouTube channel at SM Examiner or find us on your favorite podcast audio platform. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Brooke Sellis on Instagram and Twitter. And for fun, tag at SM Examiner. Also, be sure to check out our other shows, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, the Web3 Business Podcast, and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next week as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life. The Marketing Agency Show is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today. 
and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.